you're offline on your on a 10 foot putt by a degree, you're going to miss the hole. And so getting that inertia up will help stabilize it and keep your ball online, but also maintain speed in order to get to the hole. This is the Fitting Room Podcast with your hosts, Nate Adelman and AJ Volpel. What's going on, everyone? Thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us on another Fitting Room Podcast. AJ Vopel here. I have two gentlemen in the room with me. Obviously, I have Nathaniel Adelman. Who's that? Sitting across from me. <laughs> Better known as Nate. Ooh. Nathaniel's not your name, is it? No, sir. It's Nathan. It is Nathan. It yes. is. It's Nathan Adelman. That's who my mom calls me, Nathan. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes, my mom only called me Anthony sometimes Nathan, when she was pissed at me. Sometimes she That's calls when I knew she was really mad. Sometimes she calls me Nathy. <laughs> Aw, yeah. Nathy. Yeah, that's me. I might start calling you Nathy. You can do that. I like that. I will grant you that <laughs> as my fellow fitting room guy. Love it. Well, thank you everyone for, for joining today and pressing play on either Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on SoundCloud. That's where you could find us. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe part of the Callaway Podcast Network, and of course, our live show every single Monday night on Sirius XM PJ Tour Radio. We take your calls for an hour at 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern, myself and Nate with special guests. And speaking of special guests, Nate, we should probably introduce him since he's just kind of sitting there silent. Mm-hmm. I feel bad that he's not, he hasn't spoke yet, uh, but we need a proper introduction. He needs a proper introduction. I didn't want to speak until spoken to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you just blew it. Thanks a lot, Austy. Well, we have Austy Rawlinson in the building. And if you know anything about putters, anything about Odyssey, then you know who Austy is. Some would call him the godfather of Odyssey. Yes, I actually call him the I, I bow down. Like, you yeah, know? Exactly. I, I do. Whenever he comes whenever he comes down from R and D with a new shape or a new insert, I say, Austin, what do you got there? And then I bow down. <laughs> Austin, so nice to have you. Great to be here. Yeah. So uh, real quick, how long have you been designing putters for Odyssey? For Odyssey, Callaway bought Odyssey in nineteen ninety seven and about August, and I went to work for them in October of 1997. So over 20 years. So over 20 years, and then it was doing putters for Callaway. I started at Callaway in 1991, so it was doing putters for Callaway since 93, probably. What was the first putter that you remember working on for Callaway? We did some uh, machined, initially some machined blade putters, that eventually came, became the Bobby Jones line ah, of putters. Yeah, um, we couldn't back then. Putters, at least all the Callaway clubs, had no hosels and bore through, mm-hmm. and so all the putters that we were working on needed to be no hosel and bore through. Oh, so man. there was, that was the, like the original Tuttle. Yeah, so the, the original oh, yeah. Tuttle. So yeah. that right that, to the head. Yeah, <laughs> that came out when I kind of first started around ninety one, ninety two. Okay, and then uh, the uh, the big Bertha putter warbird putter was that. another one sure that was bore through so mm-hmm. the bobby jones lines of putters were um basically they weren't bore through but we couldn't do hosel so it made yeah. making a blade very challenging but those are the first ones i did and nice yeah i i think 
the the putter I remember first from Odyssey because it was the first Odyssey I've ever had was the Dual Force. Mm. Was the blade that, was that thing? Yeah. That thing was pretty damn good. Now I've been told by my friends and family who are parents that they never choose their favorite child. But I know AJ came clean and said, as a parent, he actually does pick his favorite. Well, Is for it, you, it's just one. It's, but, yeah, right. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I don't have a large selection. But um, <laughs> 30 30ish years of putter design um, or working on putters. Do you have a favorite? Ooh, Do you have question. one that when you launched it, you knew this one was special, <sighs> that it stands out from the rest, that, you know, like when we're launching new putters, you may, man, if this, if this performs like this one, you know? There were some of my favorites that I thought they were going to be really good, but weren't. Ah. And some that I thought, eh, this one's okay, that have been complete home runs. So I don't know if I'm a, a good judge of that, right. but... Um, there was a marksman mini that I really liked. Mm. I love the look of it. Couldn't putt with it. Mm. I tried many times to putt with it. Yeah. Um, but like two ball number seven. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was involved in two ball. That was Larry Tang was the main designer on that up in our, he's still up in our, I, I bowl with Larry on Mondays. Do you? I do. <laughs> he's a good bowler. <laughs> love, love Larry. Oh, great. Yeah. me and him compete for a high average in the league. Oh, good. oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he's but yeah, player. that was, that was his baby. And I helped guide him along through that, but nice. he put, a lot of years into that one. It was it was about seven years probably. Oh jeez. Six years in in development before we end, like thirty four iterations before it launched. Whereas wow. like the number seven probably took two months. Wow. Really? You know, and yeah, it was it came like really quick. And you hear like songwriters say Oh, fifteen sometime, minutes. Sometimes the good yeah. ones come really quick, sometimes yeah. you labor over them, but yeah. that's kind of two examples of one that took a long time that was really, really good yep. and one that took a short amount of time that was really, really good. Uh, interesting. So, good little good little yeah. tidbits right there, Nate. <laughs> so those two putters that you just mentioned, two ball and number seven, oh. are some of the most iconic uh, putters in, I mean, not even, they are the most iconic putters in Callaway golf history. Yeah. Um, uh, combine that with the white hot insert. And that's like h half of, of Odyssey just in, in a nutshell right there. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but when it comes to mallets, uh, mallets of, of recent have evolved a lot since those from a technology standpoint, construction, multi-material. Um, and one of the things we talk a lot about uh, with putters is MOI. So right. talk to us right. a little bit about, uh, especially of late, like the, the trend of, of raising MOI, chasing MOI. And, and I have to imagine that, you know, however many years ago, two ball and number seven have come out. We've even technology wise, we have probably come, come away since then. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've, we've always think, you know, like with drivers, you know, you think about, MOI is forgiveness. So we always try to design that into putters. But I think we went through a big stretch here at for designing putters at Odyssey where alignment was king. And mm -hmm. it still is king, you know, with two ball alignment, marksman alignment, and even going back to the Rossi with the three lines sure. and the two lines. Versa. You know, versa. So alignment is is really important. And sometimes, you know, inertia took a back seat to alignment you know you think about two ball of being a really forgiving putter its inertia wasn't really that high uh you know nate and i were talking you know before we went on the air that you know the number one putter um which is kind of an answer shape it's got a higher inertia than than a two ball putter but the, the two, original two ball the original two the ball. fang i believe is more the, the fang is right more now. so as two ball is as evolved over the years we've tried to put more inertia into it so like two ball 
SRT, the, the V-line two ball, which became the Versa two ball, mm -hmm. had more inertia. Two ball fang was kind of the latest mm -hmm. incarnation. And, in, you know, you go to the Exo two ball, which is probably one of the highest inertia putters we've ever made. It's close to 6,000 IZZ, if you know the inertia units, grams, centimeters squared. That, that's, a, that's a lot? That's a lot. That's, <laughs> that's a lot. A lot. Okay. Yes. I'll, it take, I'll take your word for it. It exceeds the driver <laughs> limit. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so wow. it's, it's a pretty high inertia. Yeah. Um, but you have to do a lot of things to be able to keep the package of the putter small, the footprint small, and try to get that inertia up. And, and what is it? So, okay, so you have the inertia up. What does that exactly do for your putting stroke, or what does that do for a golfer? Um, well, you're looking at forgiveness. And so both directionally, you know, if when you hit, like when you hit a driver, off center, it's going to twist. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the putter. The, the speeds aren't as high, but the effects can be, you know, as dramatic. So if you have a low inertia putter and you hit it about quarter inch to a half inch off center, you can lose a considerable amount of ball speed, mm. um, as well as it can go offline a couple degrees. And it's, you know, if you're offline on your, on a 10 foot putt by a degree, you're going to miss the hole. And so, Getting that inertia up will help stabilize it and keep your ball online, but also maintain speed in order to get to the hole. And so we've done testing. If you look at, you know, we were looking at like a number, original number seven, uh, which is about, I'll throw out numbers here, 4,000 uh, IZZ, which is gram centimeter. That's the inertia. You know, if you hit so it off center, it's going to, it's going right. to be, it's going to twist in the heel toe direction. Um, Compared to like an Exo 7, which is about 5,800, mm. the Exo is about 70% more forgiving. Crazy. So that the circle, the distribution, if you hit like 15 putts, that circle is going to be about 70% smaller. So it's just going to be, it's going to make that hole seem a lot larger right. when you're hitting a high MOI putter if, if you don't hit the center every time. Right. And so that's. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nate. Well, what I was going to say is the when we talk a lot of times, like on the club side, we see tour players using muscle back irons because they hit the center every time and they can get away with that. But if we're seeing tour players using mallets, high MOI mallets, and valuing the forgiveness, stability, consistency of a high MOI mallet, why wouldn't all golfers use a high MOI mallet? I I agree. I mean mm -hmm. that's. I think that trend is starting to really ratchet up though. You're seeing, you're seeing that trend on tour. Totally. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you look at what is really trending on tour. Yeah. Mallet putters, you know, our, our mallets, of course, number seven and two ball, you know, when, when I first started at Odyssey, you rarely see maybe some Rossi putters and some old Ray cook putters out there. Yep. Um, but a lot of players use like bullseye or 8802 or, ping answer type shapes. There's still a lot of ping answer shapes. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the thing that mallets bring you as well is that, is that alignment factor of the real estate to put bold alignment lines on that to help golfers aim better. Now, pros don't necessarily need that a lot, mm -hmm. um, but amateurs, am do. amateurs do. <laughs> yeah, certainly do. Um, you know, when we first came out with the two ball putter, we thought, yeah, I know they're not going to, it's a game improvement putter. And yeah. I think that you know, we're, we'll put it out there. We'll maybe sell a good amount of them to beginner golfers. And it was amazing how many pros 
latched onto Crazy. that and, and then started using it a million it. times yeah and then everybody's like okay maybe i do need to try one of those <laughs> yeah yeah and, and, and it's hard getting can. them out of your bag and so i yeah. think where where do you go next is you know try to increase both the alignment and you know as we're talking forgiveness yeah well i have news for you guys you guys probably didn't know this but there are two new options in the odyssey in the stroke lab family what that will give you, so you guys didn't know this, I'm breaking the news right to you right now. Whoa. That will give you one alignment, but two, the high level of MOI that we're talking about. And I'm referring to the 10 and the bird of prey. Yes, I'm looking at them right now. If you're mm -hmm. watching this podcast video on YouTube, which you could, I'm looking on a screen right now at two beautiful head shapes. One, is a familiar tour look. I'd say that. Some would say, yep. right? And then the other is a very unique shape, almost reminiscent. I'm talking about the bird of prey. Super high MOI, but almost like a combination of a marksman. And I can't quite put my finger on the other, but it's... It it almost it for, to me it resembles a marksman, but it's it's a little different than that. Mm -hmm. um, talk first, Austi, about the ten, and the development of that was that direct feedback from Tor, or what was the what was kind of the inspiration behind that one? Um, well, if you look at the shape, you know it's it was heavily influenced by some other putters that are out there, right? Um, you know, one of our competitors had one kind of like this. It had weights out in the back at the ends, you know, kind of like FTIZ, you know, mm -hmm. our, our square drivers that we had. We knew that putting weight out there is going to, um, help make it more forgiving, mm -hmm. you know, but we've always kind of shied away from that in putters because, you know, what has been, you know, widely accepted has been kind of rounded mallets or two the two ball was even kind of rounded yeah. with with the two ball alignment sticking out the back um but you know the other guys kind of showed that yeah you could have a putter that looks good that has that kind of polar weighting out on the back and so you know after looking at it for a number of years and the success they have we knew there was a hole in our line that we needed to fill mm -hmm. and so we use that as kind of inspired by that but wanted to do it differently and do it better and i think we have yeah no i mean it's uh it's a really pretty shape the sole it looks is like really pretty mm -hmm. this probably not surprising given what i know about mr mr toulon it looks like there's a lot of inspiration from cars here it looks like this is an engine, right? an engine. totally it looks like almost like a hot rod engine a hot rod engine yeah. a little exhaust on the back some yeah. rims <laughs> right. so um, yeah <laughs> wouldn't shock me if that was uh in there as well but this thing is, uh, I mean, it lines up super square, easy yep. to align, um, super stable. I mean, really stable, but yep. it's not too big. It's no, not too it's really big. not at all. Actually, that's the and, first thing I think I noticed when I put it down in a dress. I was like, oh, I, I thought it was going to be a bigger for some reason, right. but it was it was yeah. what I thought. And we had some prototypes that were bigger than this. So uh, we, we looked at the size. We wanted to make sure that we got the size right because, you know, we've Odyssey has made kind of big putters, yeah. high MOI putters. You know, we had one probably 15 years ago called the the Tri Ball, which was really big, and that had like 8,000 IZZ inertia, but it was really big. Mm -hmm. And 
we knew that you can go too big. That was yeah. proof to us, that putter. Right. So we, we knew we wanted to keep the, the footprint small and compact, um, but want to try to optimize the inertia. And so we had to look to construction, you know, kind of like we did with EXO with the aluminum mm-hmm. uh, truss in the center of that. Uh, the, the, the 10 putter is built similarly than that. We didn't use aluminum. We used um, a polymer mm-hmm. um, on the bottom that's really lightweight. Um, and also that polymer kind of is, is screwed into the, the top of the putter. So we wanted to make sure that the top was somewhat solid um, and have the nice bold alignment on that. Because I think we found through talking with tour players and trying to get XO and play out there, some of them had a problem, the fact that you could see through a lot of the putter. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that it was solid on top but then have this lightweight piece in the bottom so you could get the weight distributed to the perimeter uh, more efficiently than if you'd put aluminum or having steel there. Right. Now, one of the, one of the I'll call it a knock on a big stable putter would be for guys that have face rotation and release the putter is that if it's so stable, they're blocking them right. Mm-hmm. And so I see you're, you're holding a 10 now, if anyone's watching the video. I'm also holding a 10. But we have different hosels here. This is a slant hosel. You got a double bend. And this one, not face balance, a little bit of toe hang. So talk me through right. um, the thought on toe hang and, and uh, the approach in the line with, with having some options there. Well, I think that's one of the advancements in this category, kind of the, the larger uh, mallet putters that has really um, taken hold on tour and with the better players is to have that toe hang option in a mallet we we would do them in tour quite a bit you know i remember two ball putter jim furick had a had a one with a little neck on it for years that he used um because he wanted to see the putter rotate i mean a lot of these guys that use you know crank style hosels uh number one answer style hosels um they have some rotation where they rotate their forearms and they love to feel that and that hosel helps it rotate some, and it matches up to that stroke of theirs. It also sets up a little further away from your body, so that if your eyes are inside the ball, and you know, looking at a lot of tour players, they love to set up with their eyes inside the ball because they see the line better that way. Sometimes when your eyes are right over the ball, you won't see the line as well as inside. I think every player has an optimum there. Mm. Um, and so that hosel also helps get that putter a little further away from their their body to get their eyes in the right position and it does rotate as well. And I think that has really helped um, some of these better players who are grown up putting that way. Now they have a, not only a high inertia version that they can use, but also one with really good alignment on it as these mallet putters do. Yeah. And what about the double bend, the double bend that doesn't promote as much face rotation as the slant hosel. Right. Right. So for, so if a golfer is fitting themselves to one of these putters and they're not sure, um, you'll notice uh, pretty significantly because even when I mess around with them too, because I personally that when I use a slant neck, it's almost too much rotation, and I feel like right. it's really going in. It's going really going inside, and then I'm almost like kind of like hooking it. Mm-hmm. But like when I have a double bend, like it's like oh, much more for me. It's a little smoother. It's a little bit more encourages uh, a quote unquote straight back, straight through. Straight. Right, right. I mean, it's it, 
you're probably one that has your eyes over the ball yeah. and you probably have a very stable shoulder swing. You probably don't have a lot of hands in no, the motion or, or a forearm rotation in it. So I think you have to know what kind of uh, stroke you have and working with, you know, obviously working with PGA professionals or going to a shop that has a really good putter fitter there mm -hmm. can help identify what type of stroke you have and figure out whether a double band that kind of promotes you getting your eyes over the ball taking it back kind of being more in the shoulders straight back straight through it's always going to have a little arc because of the the angle of your setup or your spine it's going yeah. to have it but you know just that simple one lever motion rather than a more complicated motion where right. you well honestly yeah. i like the attention to detail here as well because on the s neck versus the double bend we have different grips we do and this is something that i think is a little underrated that i've personally been a big uh well I've been a spokesperson for in the very, very small few few people who actually listen to me, but I think the grip has a lot to do with the way that hands are released as well. Yeah. So pistol grip on the S neck, which is uh, good for releasing a putter head. Yeah. But it's a thicker, you know, less taper, wider grip on the one that's straight back, straight through, because that's you you don't want to promote rotation when you have that. No, it's so much more stable. They, they complement each other really, really nicely. Yeah. Um, let's shift gears to the bird of prey. This is a new, okay. uh, yeah. another new head shape uh, in the Odyssey line. Like AJ said, it's got a little bit of uh, maybe a, a little bit of marksman genes in it. But talk to us about the development of that shape. Well, that that started with, as a lot of these do, with a sketch. Um, it was a sketch that I did, trying to look at sketch and drugs, Nate. <laughs> you know, we had a we had a uh, a contest in our industrial design group um, that Sean put on. It was a, a top chef. So we, we basically went to the designers there and said, you need to design a new putter and it can't look like anything else we've ever done, but we're going to have a contest and who can design the best oh. looking putter. And so, you know, we have four or five industrial designers up there. So they kind of went to town designing all these things. Yeah. And, you know, there, there are some really cool, um, elements to some of the putters that they did. Mm -hmm. One of the guys broke the rules and did a two ball putter. And one of the, <laughs> he's like, check this thing out. Look what I got. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, um, dude, that was like 20 years ago, but he had something on there that he had two things on his designs. One was, uh, kind of the floating discs, mm -hmm. which found its way into the, uh, XO two ball. Mm -hmm. Um, but he also had one with kind of the arms coming in and then uh, like this bird of prey has with those screws or I think they were just a thin down going into the head. And I mm -hmm. thought that was a I thought that was a really cool look. Yeah, it's um, super cool. And as I think about it, as as we get in and designing high MOI mallets and having to make them bigger, you have to have a lot of empty spaces in there. Mm -hmm and a lot of thin spaces in metal. And one of the challenges that we always have in designing these kind of larger putters is sound. And they undoubtedly, like the when we first did the O-Works Marksman, it had a ring to it. Mm -hmm. And so we then go to the computer guys and they'll model it in the computer and then they'll put it through a finite element model to see how it's vibrating and how it's moving. The Arbol had that too a little bit. Arbol had it too, yeah. yeah. Um, and so if you look at the mark, the, the, uh, O-Works marksman and now the stroke lab marksman, it's got a little rib in the middle and that's to help sound. Oh, interesting. And so with this guy, 
we said we have that problem. And so what if we, those screws that go in the toe and heel, uh, if we use them to kind of damp the vibration in this putter. Mm -hmm. And so those are actually screws with urethane right, tips these, on yeah, them. Yeah, these two right here. Yep. yep. So they have urethane tips and they're screwed in. And we had to do a lot of experimentation and analysis of what urethane to put on the tips and what torque to put those in mm. to basically damp the sound of that putter. So it sounds awesome, this putter. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, those are steel and we thinned it out kind of in the middle. And so the inertia is really good on that putter as well. So not only we get super high MOI, but we get a great sounding putter. Yeah. Um, and then I want to talk, wait, you mentioned sound. And mm. before we, before we started recording, we were talking about, uh, the new insert, mm -hmm. uh, which has a, a really compelling fitting story uh, if, uh, because if, it's uh, what well, it saying? might be easy to overlook right. if you're just looking at the putter, but there's a, a telltale sign there. I'd say borrowed a little bit from the golf ball team mm -hmm. that the insert, the micro hinge insert has a star after it. So this is called <laughs> the micro hinge star. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about this insert because it is definitely different from, uh, the past inserts that we've had recently and micro hinge and right, you know? Yeah. So that we had the first, we had the micro hinge and then the white hot micro hinge and both of that, the evolution from micro hinge to white hot micro hinge was hearing feedback from tour and customers about, you know, basically feel and sound. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where your insert is going to, uh, the two of the things and where, where we get with micro hinge is roll um, with it. But you know, they, they love the role of, of micro hinge, but they thought the sound, it was a little soft mm -hmm. and it was by design, it was soft. And so with white hot micro hinge, we changed the material of the, of the urethane and the steel, um, went to a stainless steel, um, to be able to get maintain top spin, but get a firmer feel. And it still had the kind of grooves in between the hinges. You know, we brought that out to it, a lot of success with that, but there were still a lot of players that, miss that feel of white hot a firmer a little bit of a firmer feel and so we went back to kind of the drawing board says how can we tweak this insert to get more sound out of it and so we said well, let's try removing the groove in there and so one thing we were worried about is that you know we we're going to lose some of the spin with it but uh we found we didn't lose a lot a lot of spin at all with with getting rid of the groove but what it did is it got us a lot more sound. Um, and so now, now where we were, uh, kind of maybe a little softer than white hot or a little quieter than white hot, pretty close. This got back to where a lot of players love it, you know, kind of a crisp impact sound. But the other thing we found was that with this design is that the variability in sound and spin got tighter. So it was more consistent. So from a spin is about 20% more consistent on wow. the top spin. And this is hitting multiple balls on a robot. And then also the, the pitch of the insert got higher and um, about 50% more consistent. Yeah. And, and it's, it's always interesting to listen to golfers, professional and amateurs. Uh, one of the first things they talk about when they, when they try a new putter is the sound. And you would think that that's just reserved for professionals because they're very, cognizant of that but a lot of amateurs are also very cognizant of the sound of their putter too um and when i first tried the 10 
that's when I noticed it immediately. I think it was literally on my first putt. I go, holy cow, like that sounds completely different. It's such a than clean, white hot micro hinge. It's right. such a clean sound. Yeah. It's a crisp sound, but it's not, it's not, it's still the feeling of a responsive insert. Right. So it's the feeling of the insert, but it's so clean that when, when you strike it, um, I, I think this insert is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, and, and golfers who are listening that go and test it, you can like, I mean, pretty easily notice the difference when, if you have, uh, this stroke lab against one with, uh, white hot micro hinge so it's it's and pretty it's it's pretty telling a yeah. little a little uh i'll call it a semi-pro tip a semi-pro ah. tip when testing for sound every golf shop is going to have different uh height ceilings it's mm-hmm. going to have different amount of insulation uh basically if you're testing a putter inside there's going to be some echoing it's not going to be the true sound so i always recommend testing sound outside i would i would i would reiterate that a hundred percent there you go i would also say when you're going in to test a putter in a corral bring your own golf balls Mm, yeah because they undoubtedly will have kind of firmer golf balls maybe not the ones you play yeah um and as well going outside because i i'll build up a lot of putters obviously for my job here and we'll hit them on the carpet in here and everything sounds good in inside in the office but you take it out in the green and it's amazing how the the sound changes just because you don't get the the echoing off the walls and Mm -hmm. uh the acoustics are completely different so reiterating what ossie said oh wow wait he just reiterated what you said and now you're reiterating what he said it's a different part of that i'm pulling a different string oh okay okay we tried (laughs) to have truvis golf balls as putting green golf balls in a lot of golf shops so that you could play I mean, what should be everybody's golf ball. Obviously. But people were pocketing them because Trivis is cool. And people said, right. oh, this, people like, oh, this is amazing. There's a free Trivis. I'm just going to pocket it. So about That's funny. about a couple days after we put like. like we can't uh, do it. We, no more. <laughs> That's no, really no funny. Um, all right. So I guess one of the final questions I have, Osti. Uh, we talked about the S-neck versus double bend. We talked about the new insert. We talked about both uh, of the heads. We talked about uh, history of high MOIs, all the things that we wanted to accomplish. What about, let's just take these two putters just for, um, just for the sake of argument here, because they're the two new models and a lot of golfers are exciting, excited about them. Uh, tour usage upon introduction has just been insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Stroke Lab technology is catching on. If, That's everywhere. It's already caught on. No, right, it's right. Everywhere. No, yeah, right. It, yeah. Stroke Lab has caught on. Yeah. Um, you're deciding between these two head shapes, what would you kind of advise a golfer that is maybe they like both these head shapes? How would you choose one for the golfer? I guess without without seeing results from them, just by um, maybe the different characteristics of each. Right. Well, I think the alignment features on the top are, are very consistent between the two. They have that, that bold marksman line alignment on them. You know, I think that you're going to see a little more, if if you have like a true straight back, straight through, simple pendulum stroke, um, the Bird of Frey would be a, a great choice for you because it is, its footprint's kind of big. You know, a lot of the features on it are square to the target line. So there's a lot more than just that line that helps you square it up. So if you need a little more help from alignment, the Bird of Prey would be a great uh, option for you. It's 
a little higher inertia than the uh, than the 10. So it's going to be more forgiving than the 10. Mm-hmm. Um, the 10, I think, would be a great choice if you have some rotation in your stroke because it's got the S neck option. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little smaller footprint. So if the, the bird of prey just looks to your eye too big, mm-hmm. then the 10 is a, a great option because it's going to have a little smaller footprint. And then you also get that the the option of being able to have an S neck to that allows you some rotation or the double bend if you're more straight back straight through. So, you know, from a performance standpoint, they're, they're very comparable, you know, and they're designed to do the same things, you know, be very forgiving and easy to align. And then it comes down to, to preference. So depending on if you need a little more alignment help or if you just like the look of one over the other, I think. Yeah. But, but try them in the shop and see which one you like. Yeah. Definitely try them out. Uh, New head shapes, insert, amazing. Nate, anything from you before we close out the show? Any any last words? No, words of wisdom? No words for me. I think Austin said it all. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, we definitely want to hear all of your feedback. You could leave them in the reviews of the podcast section. You could leave them on the Callaway community. You could also send them to Tony Toulon who manages all the Odyssey social accounts at Odyssey Golf on Instagram and Twitter. Austin, you're on Twitter. I am on Twitter. It's just Austin Rollinson. It's uh, Austin Odyssey. Oh, that's right. Austin Odyssey. Yeah. So follow him and ask him questions. Bother, <laughs> bother him with questions. Slide in his DMs. <laughs> He's willing to answer them all. Yeah. But uh, really excited for you guys to try these out. Uh, hopefully you learned a lot about high MOIs and the trend because it's not going away anytime soon. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you guys for being here. Austin, thank you very much You're for coming welcome. down. And listen to our live show every Monday, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern on Sirius XM PJ Tour Radio. And we'll see you next Monday on The Fitting